two-bedroom apartment on the west side of Los Angeles. It's High on Film! Tonight, we've got Duncan McCabe and Mean Streets. $20? Let's go to the movies on this week's Good $10 episode. Well, hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of High on Film, truly sobering talk about movies. I'm Chris Maxwell. Welcome to the show. Ah, boy, oh boy. We are <laughs> living in a very different world than our last podcast these days. Uh, of course, last week we did How High, with high hopes of an election. <laughs> I guess our main issue on that episode came through, but uh, the other... Sadly did not. We are now living in Donald Trump's mean streets. <laughs> uh, and that's hinting at what episode we are on today. Episode 198, we are covering Martin Scorsese's Mean Streets from 1973. Written by Martin Scorsese and Mardik Martin uh, for the screenplay, Scorsese for the story. <sighs> Alright guys, here we go. Scorsese, wow, a prolific... Uh, incredibly American director. Some would say the American director. Some would say the American director. But it's director. hard to say. It, it is. Uh, yeah. Spielberg, I think, gives him a run for his money. Yeah, but I, I think those two are like like the same, two different sides of the same coin. You know, Spielberg hmm, is very dreamlike and, and, uh, and his, well, his movies tend to seem, not all of them, of course, but they seem to, have, to be a little bit more fun. You know, and and like absolutely fantastic. But while Scorsese's are a little bit more rooted in reality and can be a little bit more, yeah, gritty, dirty, yeah, gritty. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not always for uh, family consumption yeah. like a lot of Spielberg's. Yeah, but we'll get to that. Yeah, uh, of course. On the show, if you've been a listener, we've covered uh, the Departed. I think that was the first one we did, right? Yeah, and we did Gangs of New York. And we did Goodfellas. Goodfellas. That was probably the second one we did. Yeah, I'm not. I'm actually <laughs> really order. not sure about this order now. But either way, <laughs> well, you heard him right there. He is with me every week. He is a the co-host of the show, the podcaster of disaster, the Brad Davis that God gave us. Brad Davis. Hi, Chris. Hey, Brad. How are you? <laughs> I'm here, Chris. Living I on mean, those mean yeah, streets. Yeah, I mean, yeah, living on something. But yeah, I'm here. We're still going. We're still going. Yeah. 198 episodes strong. That's true. That's true. Um, I, we've had to talk about Scorsese before. You like Martin Scorsese? Uh, no, yeah, I... <laughs> yeah, whatever. No, uh, I'm a huge Scorsese fan. Um, yeah, I, I love Departed. I love Goodfellas. Um, One I'm, of those I, is your favorite, right? So part it's probably my favorite, I, and I'll and I I'm not as much of a fan of his old like Taxi Driver never like locked caught me the way it catches a lot of people. Oh, I yeah. like it, but people like lo swear by it. I don't respect the movie, just not my taste as much. Um, same thing with like Raging Bull. I mean, you I know that's like oh I'm a bull guy. That's, you're a bull guy. I am. <laughs> uh, I know that's like kind of upper echelon for you. And again, respect the movie, very well done, but just not didn't speak to me as much, didn't kind of hit hit home that I know the way it hits for you. Um, but yeah, once you get into... Maybe hit home, that sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> I don't have this deep connection no, 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 taxi no, 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 driver no, no. and no, I'm sorry, not hit home, but like... Speak to me. But you're... That's one of your like favorite movies of all time. Yeah, I, I Taxi Driver was my first 
love of Scorsese movies, and I do now think Raging Bull is his best work. And uh, I'm more of a fan of Goodfellas, Departed, and actually, I love Shutter Island. Oh yeah, Shutter Island's great. I fucking love that movie. I'll tell you what else I love, Aviator. Oh, yes. Never seen Aviator. Really good. I know. I know. You're a big fan of that. Well, let's let's bring our guest into this conversation, because uh, he made a choice for film uh, that we watch like we do here on the show, and he chose Mean Streets, and I'm curious to know why. He is a filmmaker, a film buff that I've been meaning to have on the show for quite some time. Duncan McCabe is here today. Thank you, gentlemen. Sorry to hop in there prematurely. No, I like yeah. it. I, I like the ambition. I like the film talk, which actually is going to come back around yes. in our next segment. You got me too excited, man. I mean, I was just ready to go. You know? I appreciate it. We appreciate enthusiasm on the show, especially right now. Yes. Any oh, yes, sense course. of enthusiasm or excitement is highly, highly welcome. Indeed. Indeed. Thank so, you. why Mean Streets? Why are we watching this instead of Taxi Driver or Raging Bull or... That is a good question. The Aviator. Or, or King of Comedy. Or possibly another director's yeah. movie. Yeah. Sure. Well, well I, oh, but Scorsese man. is... Yeah. Scorsese. I mean, well, for me, as... I mean, I as uh, I, like, I like to call myself a cinephile. It's hard to say when there's so many damn movies out there. But Scorsese is definitely one of those filmmakers who I've gone back to time and time again and, and looked at... almost. I haven't seen everything of his, but almost everything. And, and a fan of almost, you know... Uh, a lot of his work and really studied it all, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's weird. As with Mean Streets, I guess as a, as a aspiring filmmaker, I tend to look a lot at at uh, at the filmmakers that I really respect and admire their first films. You know, thinking about making a first feature, and and I mean, this isn't his first one. You know, not at least not his first feature. But like we said, it was definitely the one that got him on the map. And, uh, and it I, defines his style. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah, and I th and I think you know what I think maybe this one over a lot of other filmmakers. You know, I mean, I could have you know I easily have done like a Tarantino flick because I you know I'm massive Tarantino fan. But, yeah. Or you know Paul Thomas Anderson or 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 oh sorry or uh, uh, I mean a countless number of filmmakers. But I think this one just I, I feel like I'd be able to really talk about more. And I don't know. I mean, there's a lot to talk about with the time era that it came out in. Um, you know, the beginning of a, a hell of a career. Oh, yeah. Uh, Collaboration with Robert De Niro. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and Harvey, well, sort of Harvey Keitel for that matter, but a couple, well, it was, he just taxi driver, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, a it, less heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. All right, well, let's, let's get into our first category. Category. Right. Segment. Jeez. <laughs> get your nouns together. Everything's <laughs> messed up. <laughs> All right, it's called Trash Star Destroy. We give you three movies of a similar ilk. One movie you must trash, which means it's eliminated from existence. One movie you get to star in in whatever role you'd like to take for yourself. And then the third movie, of course, must be destroyed, which means that the only version of that film that has ever existed has been both written and directed by Mr. Michael Bay. Okay. Of the island fame. Okay. So, let's do, uh, of course, this being the first pairing of Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro, mm -hmm. of which they went on to do a total of eight films together. Oh, wow. Let's do three movies, the first movie of famous director-actor pairings. Okay. So, we'll do Mean Streets. It's kicked off an eight-movie eight run. We'll do The Coen Brothers with John Goodman. Yes. Raising Arizona, which kicked off a five-movie run. And we'll do Steven Spielberg... 
and Tom Hanks with Saving Private Ryan, which kicked off a four-movie run. Nice runs. All right. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't believe that Spielberg and Hanks didn't work together before Saving yeah, Private when, Ryan. Yeah, when you said that to me, <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, there's not one? I found that really surprising. Oh, yeah. yeah. For some reason in my mind, like, on first thought, I always think Forrest Gump is a Spielberg movie. <laughs> and then I'm like, I know it's Zemeckis, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's Zemeckis. But for some reason yeah. in my mind, like, the first, like, initial thought once in a while is Spielberg. It yeah. just has such a Spielberg Hanks has feel. worked with Zemeckis, I think, three times, and he's worked with Ron Howard a bunch, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ron Howard, Ron Howard. Uh, but I, I tried to avoid um, streaks with sequels, and Ron Howard has mm. the uh, Da Vinci Code oh, sequels. Yeah, yeah. Right. Absolutely. But oh, I do yeah. know that Spielberg has produced a lot of Zemeckis' stuff. Oh, yes. I'm not sure if Forrest Gump was... I think... Yeah, uh, Spielberg produced Back to the Back Future. To the future. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Zemeckis is his boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, no. homies. All right. Uh, okay. Mean Streets, Raising Arizona, Saving Private Ryan. Brad Davis, what are you doing here? Trash, boy. star, destroy. My, my gut instinct is to star in Saving Private Ryan... The problem is I feel like that movie probably plays better into Bay's hands than the other two necessarily would. But I think what I'm going to do is star in Saving Private Ryan. The role I want to take... Jeez, uh, I haven't seen that movie in a while. Like, just one of the... Oh, like Barry Pepper, isn't he in there? Yes, mm-hmm. I believe yeah. so. Yeah, he's Hell like yeah. one of the guys in the crew. Yeah, no, he's the, he's the sniper. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'll take the Barry Pepper role. That's a good choice. Man. Someone once told me I look like Barry Pepper. Yeah, I see yeah. a little bit. You gotta trim the hair a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I had to trim the hair back a little bit. It's funny, I think of Barry Pepper, I think of the movie 61, where he played oh, Roger yeah. Maris, and mm-hmm. Thomas Jane played Mickey Mantle, and I think he looked like Thomas Jane a little bit, too. <laughs> yes. Thomas Jane. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna start, I'm still gonna start cool. Private Ryan. <laughs> The question is, what do I do now? I guess I probably trash Raising Arizona, unfortunately. Yeah, this is tearing me up. Hey, this is tough. <laughs> but I think I, I would actually be kind of interested to see Michael Bay's Mean Streets. I, I don't think it would be good, but there would probably be more going on. It would You'd probably lose the reality of the world a mm-hmm. little bit. Uh, but that would be kind of interesting. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my final answer. Yeah, I, I am going to give Michael Bay Mean Streets. I think that he could maybe do the a decent amount with it, and I think it probably ends up looking a little more like Boondock Saints than it does mm-hmm. <laughs> Mean Streets. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, that's a good comparison. I uh, and this is where it's hard because I would really want to be in Raising Arizona, but I don't know if there's a role for me in that film. Mm, yeah. But I want to work with the Coens more than I do Spielberg. Really? Yeah, Yeah. I guess I I actually... Coens are probably my reigning number one. Yeah, I kind of think so. Yeah, Yeah. I do. You're saying, like, has to be current? Or you're saying number one current or number one overall? Number one current. Overall is a very different story. Okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, they're up there, but I mean, I think you can. Uh, God, you're getting, we're going to waste so much time. Uh, time (laughs) This is not wasting time, Chris. Top directors? Well, yeah. Christopher. We've done top directors before, haven't we, for a podcast? Uh, Probably. I want to be for that one if you do it around two. All right. But yeah, like someone like Kubrick or Hitchcock, I probably would put as number one. Hitchcock's always my number one. Yeah, I know that, Brad. (laughs) Personal favorite, Richard Linklater. But number one operating director directors today, Cohen Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, or Paul Thomas Anderson. I, I'll yes. also accept that. Yeah, I got to go Tarantino number one current. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's 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 in my top. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. <laughs> Come on. No I'll say I agree with all of this. Yeah, good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So anyway, I'm taking. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be in Saving Private Ryan. Bye, bye, Matt Damon. You're taking. You're, you're Ryan. Yeah. You don't want to work with Matt Damon. <sighs> I'll, it'll come around to it. If I'm going to be Private Ryan, I'll eventually be able to work with Matt Damon. Fair enough. You want the movie to be named after you. Hey. And do the least <laughs> amount of work. Be the titular character, yeah. man. Do the least amount of work. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and unfortunately, trashing Raising Arizona. Duncan. A hard choice. That is, you. Yeah. So much to think about. Just to be clear, when we say trash, that means that's just poof. Gone, Never gone. happened. All right. Nobody ever saw it. Oh man! Well, you know, I think that you, it's it's good. I, I got you know we got a little different vibe going here. For me, I, I would star on Main Street. Mm. Um, it's a world that has always been very uh, um, interesting to me, and I've I mean I'm not you know I'm from Indianapolis, as far away from New York City as you can get, but I've always been fascinated with New York, and I. That'd be awesome to work with. Yeah, best city in the world, yeah, arguably. Yeah, and fucking, yeah. you know, at a time like that, you know, that's like a little snapshot of, of a time that will never be there again. So yeah, I would start, and I have to pick somebody who I'd be yeah. in, the, in the movie, huh? The role you would take? Oh, man. I feel like I would do well as Harvey Keitel. Yeah. Because he's sort of surrounded by all this chaos, but he keeps his head, and I think I could do that. Yeah. I have, you know, you have all these friends who are like cool, but they're crazy, but they hate each other, and you're just like... Trying to keep the mood, yeah. You've got a protagonist feel about you. Well, thank you. I guess that's a... Yeah. Yeah, it's a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely. mean, unless you're striving to be the antagonist. Hey, I mean, who knows, you know? Could be one of the... You, you should know. <laughs> we will find out. Yeah. <laughs> By the end of this book. <laughs> um, all right, so yeah. Harvey Keitel, Mean Streets. Hmm. And then Michael Bay it and Trash it. Well, as a, as much of a fan of the Coens as I am, um, I gotta say, Raising Arizona is not one of my. It's not that I dislike it; I just haven't seen it enough. So I'm gonna have to pass on that and, and toss in the trash as well. I hate to Ooh. do it. Yeah, I it's, hate to do it's it. It's a good one because I love those guys with fierce passion. I could have easily chosen one of their films, but then yeah, I guess um, well, Michael Bay the shit. I saved in Private Ryan. All right. has, he, has he done a war film? He did. Uh, he did Pearl Harbor, uh, right? And he, he did, did do Pearl Harbor. Thirteen Hours, which isn't oh, technically yeah. a war oh, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'd be interesting to see him if he did like a World War Two picture. Yeah, you know. it would be. Yeah, he'd have to take it seriously, especially if he had the same <laughs> cast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He probably would have to take yeah, it seriously. Yeah, he'd have to take it fucking seriously. Yeah. <laughs> he got Vin Diesel in there, so that's yeah. plays right into his hands. Which I, I like. I like him in. in, uh, in yeah. yeah. It's good. Can't wait for Triple X Return of Sander Cage. Yes. Oh. Not Guardians of the Galaxy 2? No, actually, I'm more excited for Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. All right, let's do one more category of Trash Star Destroy. Uh, let's do three Martin Scorsese crime dramas. Oh, yes. Come on. This is easy. Goodfellas, Casino, The Departed. Damn it, Chris. Yeah. This is not Trash easy. Trash Star Destroy. Yeah. No, I mean, it was an easy <laughs> which three we're doing. <laughs> okay. Um, so what I have to do here, which pains me a little bit. Uh, actually, it doesn't pay me to do this. I'm going to trash Casino. Like Casino, don't love it. Too long. Mm -hmm. um, 
So that leaves Goodfellas and Departed. I need to star in The Departed. <laughs> that <Yes>. is necessary. <laughs> the role I take is a little tougher. Um, boy. Maybe Damon's role. And I know I just said, like, you don't want to act with Matt Damon, but <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd rather work with Nicholson. And Farmiga. Oh, yeah. That would be nice. Yeah, and be nice. Uh, in all seriousness, she's a terrific actress. Yeah, um, especially in that movie. Yeah, yeah awesome. and Bates yeah. Motel, I think yeah. she's phenomenal. Um, Brad loves Bates Motel. Big fan of Bates Motel. Yes. Comes all back around to Hitchcock. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna take the Damon role. I think it's, uh, I actually think it's a very understated, great performance, and I think DiCaprio's so good in the movie that it, it. But there's so much more happening with him, and it kind of overshadows it. But I think it's a little more uh, subtle, and I can probably do that a little better. And then that means that I am giving Goodfellas to Michael Bay. Mm-hmm. Now, while I do that with trepidation, I. I'm interested to see Michael Bay work with Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro, and Joe Pesci. <laughs> yeah, that should be interesting. <laughs> so, that's what I'm doing. Okay. Work. Yeah. How about you, Duncan? This is not easy. As a serious Scorsese fan, man, you gotta divide these up. Whew. All right, well... I hate to do it because I remember the day I saw The Departed and I fell in love with it so, so very much. But Goodfellas and Casino came before that for me. And there was a special place in my heart for those two already. Very so cool. I hate to do it, but Departed is in the trash. Um, and I will give Casino to Michael Bay <laughs> uh, as much as I love it. I, I, I think it's sort of like this unofficial sequel to Goodfellas. Just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it does the style, like... the characters, yeah, everything. I mean, it's... It's hard to even, you know, split those two apart. Spiritual right? sequel, I believe, is the... Uh, spiritual, okay, yeah, that works. Accepted terminology. All right, maybe I'll switch it up. To, yeah, yeah. Spiritual, all right. Um, so, yeah, give that to him. It, I think it would still be kind of a pretty, pretty fun movie, yeah. And then Goodfellas, yeah, I'll star in, man. Probably this... The, come back to the same reason, you know? Why not live in, live in that world, you know? that's I mean, that's the whole point of the movies, right? Yeah. You get to live in, uh, you know, New York gangster's world for... You know, however, oh, the span of like 20 years or whatever that is. Yeah, who are you going to be? Who am I going to be? Well, I'm not going to be Ray Liotta because that would be the same reason from the Mean Street. So I would have to say, dude, fuck it. I'll be, I'll be fucking Joe Pesci, man. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, he, the most sadistic yet funny motherfucker there ever was. It's a great I mean, fucking role. Yeah. Wow. If you get a lot of good lines. To be anyone in that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a Joe Pesci. You get the funny, you get the funny speech. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to go out, you know, in a, in a hell of a way, and then you get the very, you know, very end with the gun blasting the screen. Yeah, it's iconic. true. It's <laughs> true. It's iconic indeed. Although, yeah. arguably, you get to go out in a better way in Casino as Joe. Oh, Pesci. it's true. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, in the cornfield. You're looking yeah. for a great, with your crazy death scene. Just your underwear on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With your brother. Oh man. Yeah, that seems tough to watch. Wow. Yeah, it is. Wow. Um, unfortunately, Casino for me is is. The least of these. But, oh, I just don't know if I want Michael Bay to touch Goodfellas. <laughs> so that means you're, t- you're going to be in Departed? Yeah, because again, I don't know if I have a role in Goodfellas. Right. Mm. I don't look Italian. <laughs> I think that's fairly integral to the part. Yes. 
Please don't. But I think there, I could take two roles in The Departed and get away with it. Matt Damon's or Mark Wahlberg. I was going to say. Which I'm more tempted to take. I was hoping you were going to gonna say Wahlberg. Yeah. I am more tempted uh, to take Wahlberg's part. Uh, yeah. Because I then I get to work with Matt Damon. And Mark Wahlberg doesn't have to be in The Departed. Right. <laughs> and and he worked with DiCaprio, much. too. Yeah, exactly. And Alec Baldwin a lot. Oh, yes. fun. Yeah. Hell yeah. So that's what I'm going to do. You get and some then, of the funniest lines in that movie. Yeah, yeah it's great. <laughs> and then I guess I'm... And, and, I get to kill, spoiler alert, somebody at the end of the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> cool scene. Yeah, you get yeah. the final shot. Yeah. yeah. And then maybe I can talk Scorsese out of that last rat, rat thing, thing yeah. at the end. Yeah. yeah. You hate the rat like, thing. No, it's stupid. Don't do it. Oh, you don't like the rat thing. I hate it's it. Too I hate now. it. Two, two on the nose, two's man. Nose. We know. Yeah. So you gave Nicholson that whole rat yeah, cheese which speech, was great. which think, is yeah, terrific. Great. But yeah, we yeah. don't need a rat on the wire at the end. You know what's yeah. a great last shot? That gold dome of yeah. the fucking With the music kicking in. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. A rat on a wire. <laughs> During the day, too, rats don't run across wires until the nighttime. <laughs> Sit down on our backdrop. You know, yeah, you'll look. see a few. If you ever get their <laughs> chance, gigantic. You gotta let them know. I, I will. Yeah, I know, Chris. First I'll, thing you tell yeah. Marty, like, listen, I got some notes. <laughs> yeah. The Departed. <laughs> Let's start there. We'll you're, work our way Oscar back. Winner. <laughs> Let's talk. Um, you're Oscar. Oh, but yeah, I guess we'll trash Casino and then just give good fellows to Michael, Michael Bay. Oh, at least the cast might be able to do something. Yep. Okay. That makes me. It's gonna right. be okay, Chris. <sighs> Thanks, I mean, Brad. at least this is. Yeah. And that makes it's going to be okay. That's good. We, we all kind of hit different aspects of that, too. You know, we all chose different ones. So. This is a moral compass. Yeah. You know, uh, we've always said so. And here it is, proving true once again. Indeed. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with more Mean Streets, more Duncan McCabe, and more High on Film right after this. And we're back, high on film, talking about Mean Streets today. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into the movie, and we like to start things off with the summary game. The first official game of the podcast that's worth a damn, and that translates to a zero, zero to two point scale. Please, feel free to use decimals as we grade each other numerically, as friends do, in the coming games portion of the podcast. The summary game... Uh, Entails each of us taking a turn at summarizing Mean Streets in a thousandth of the time that it actually takes to watch. So, the runtime is 112 minutes, supplying us each with 11.2 seconds to get out the best summary we can. Oh my gosh. Of course, for zero to two points. Yeah. Now, of course, like every episode, we had a break just moments ago, and during said break, we had our patented coin toss coin toss. With our three-sided Matthew McConaughey <laughs> coin. 100% dead. <laughs> yeah. Abe Lincoln. Lincoln uh, Motor. No, it's not Abe Lincoln. It's Li- Nick Haller from the Lincoln <laughs> Lawyer. Um, the Lincoln Motor Company symbol. And Matthew McConaughey's portrait on those three sides. <laughs> right. And Brad, you want to tell everyone what happened? I won. <laughs> you won. I won. So I won something this week. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Congratulations. We should, you know, this week would have been the week for you to be upset. Yeah, you know, yeah I, I know. Yeah. 
That, that Things are going a, crazy. It would have been appropriate. Cubs are winning World Series. Reality show stars are becoming presidents. Oh, Holy Christ. Ugh. Okay. Oh, sad reality. Let's let's keep it happy. Yeah, let's stick Woo! to the main uh, street. Uh, main streets. The happy yeah, street. The happiest yeah. movie yeah. <laughs> about wrestling with faith and violence. Should watch fucking E.T. or some shit. Oh, oh, I'm hectic when I watch E.T. Like a cartoon, something to just take me back to when I was a kid and yeah. I didn't yeah, know man. nothing. Didn't know nothing. I didn't know nothing. Including grammar. (laughs) Brad, are you going... I know. Um, (laughs) So you won the coin toss. You go first, Chris. It gives you the prerogative of going first, second, or third, and you want me to go first. I do. So you're taking third. That is... Yes, that's the way this will work out. All right. Uh, You said 11.2 seconds? Yes, I did. Okay. Chris, are you ready? I am. All right. In three, two, one... Charlie has a uh, rich and powerful uncle, uh, which allows him to have a little bit of clout in the uh, crime game. Uh, he has a rambunctious friend who owes a lot of money and ends up getting him uh, very hurt in the end. Oh, and I have a little time, and he falls in love. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. Uh, well. Brilliant. Yeah, that'll extra tenth of a point for making me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Appreciate oh, man. that. Oh, that's right. I got to score this. Yes, yes, please. Oh, wow, right off the bat, too. Yeah, don't worry. It's nothing, nothing too difficult. You know, between yeah. zero you're and not, two you're points. Not gonna get upset with me. I give you zero. I won't. <laughs> I mean, I'll be a little confused because no. I thought my performance warranted something. But no, I, I think that was uh, that was worthy. Thank you. Well, it's your turn now, James. And see, oh, this is guy. how it works. Because if you give guy. me a zero, then well, I turn around and get to score you. <laughs> Holy shit. All right. Jerk off. <coughs> yep. Yeah, start calling people off. jerk off. <laughs> yeah, great. Call people jerk off. Not only fucking jerk off. Yeah. It's so insulting. All right. It's Duncan, so silly. 11.2 seconds. All right. In three, two, one. All right. Harvey Keitel plays Charlie, who is surrounded by a plethora of colorful characters, Italian, racist, fucking psycho, and it all ends in an explosion of blood and crashing Time. cars. Not bad. Okay. That was oh, pretty no. good. They are racist. They, they are racist. racist. Yeah, that yeah. was, yeah. They're pretty... Was quite big in there. Yeah. 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 Pretty racist. Pretty anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Homophobic. Pretty homophobic. Yeah. Big three. The big three. Yeah. The presidential three. Oh, man. I said... I told myself we'd be more positive than this. I know. No, yeah. Misog- like, misogyny has to be in the presidential. Oh, yeah, it's got to yeah. be number one. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be... good to be real yeah. in reality, yes. Yes. As sad as it is. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. How can I leave on misogyny? <laughs> okay, Brad. Okay. I think I'm ready. 11.2 seconds. Yes. In three, two, one... Charlie is a young monster, and he has uh, his friend, Johnny Boy, who owes his other friend a lot of money, and Johnny Boy never pays the guy, and it gets Charlie into a lot of trouble, and his, uh, the Johnny Boy's cousin is while he's dating. Mm. I was going good, and at the end, just got... Trying to get the love thing in there, and I should have just left well enough alone. Yeah. It's not that important. Love it's not. Tough. Love. Yeah. Isn't it always? Damn right it is. Yeah. <laughs> Preach. Especially when the president's not in love with his wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or is she not in love with him? No. That's the least of our problems. A little comedy, a little comedy. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, guys, it's time to do first impressions. The second game of the podcast, this time zero to three points, so it's a little heavier weighted of a game. We're each going to supply the person sitting to our right with a line from Mean Streets. We would like to hear them impersonate to the best of oh, their yes. ability. 
Uh, since I went first in the last game, Duncan, you're going to get to go first and give Brad any line you'd like to hear him impersonate. Okay. Um, if you want to set up the, the scene. I just have to set it up? Yeah, please. And then we'll okay. play the clip, and then uh, Brad will... All right, so Try. see what he can do. <laughs> I think this is one of the more iconic. I mean, it's hard to say, but this is one of the more iconic scenes in the in the film. Um, Michael, right? I think it's Michael's yeah. name. He's been going after uh, uh, De Niro the whole movie because Niro owes him some cash, and uh, this is really kind of the, the comes to the forefront right here. These two and um, uh, De Niro basically shoves in his face and says "fuck you" and pulls the gun out and calls him jerk off. A few times. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. Know something, Mikey? You make me laugh, you know that? You know, I borrowed money all over this neighborhood, left and right, from everybody, and I never paid them back, so I can't borrow no money from nobody no more, right? So who does that lead me to borrow money from but you? I borrow money from you because you're the only jerk off around here that I can borrow money from without paying back, right? All right, Brad. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to make you do that whole thing. I think we'll just do the tail end there. Right. Um, but right. De Niro, a classic impression. Oh, fuck. Oh, man. By many people. Yeah. Are you one of those people? No. Going to have to be. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> I borrow money from you because you're the only jerk off around here that I can borrow money from without paying back. Right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I will honestly say that went way better than I ever expected. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great, but yeah. I will absolutely take that for myself. You yeah. acted the hell out of it. I don't Thank know if you. it was a lot of De Niro, but you were, you gave it your all as far as maybe your own characterization, which yeah. I appreciated. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. good performance. I, Thank you. If I was in that bar with you, I, my mouth would have been on the floor. I'd be like, this dude is insane. <laughs> hey, <laughs> thanks, man. He doesn't give a fuck. This dude That's... is insulting Michael. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, Brad, you got a line for me, sir? I do. Um, so, I'm going to give you a Harvey Keitel line. Ah, Charlie. Yes. Chucky. Uh, a Charlie line. Uh, it's when him and Teresa are at the beach, uh, and he is complaining that he hates the beach. He hates pretty much everything in the outdoors, and I'm giving you this line because I have similar sentiments in, in, in some ways pertaining to this. I hate the sun. Come on, let's go inside, will you? What else do you hate? I hate the ocean, and I hate the beach, and I hate the sun, <laughs> and the grass, and the trees, and I hate heat. <clears throat> okay, Harvey Keitel, huh? All right. I hate the ocean, I hate the beach, and I hate the sun, and... The grass and the trees, and I hate the heat. All right. <laughs> I was I was feeling more of a, a Christopher Maxwell Woody Allen impression. Oh. Right there. Not that that was a bad Harvey Keitel, but well, I think that does mean it's a bad. Harvey <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate you trying to tiptoe around the issue. <laughs> 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 I don't know why that came out. I just yeah. okay. maybe just complain too much. I hate the movie. ocean. Yeah. <laughs> I hate the beach. I hate the sun. There we go. Is that, is that yeah. maybe a little, that's a little that's more of a nose? Yeah. I hate the heat. Jeez. Can we go inside, will ya? Uh, I'm losing it. Yeah. Stop while you're All right. Okay. Thanks, Brad. Oh, 
<laughs> All right, Duncan. Well, I'm going to give you a Harvey Keitel line. Let's oh, see man. how well you do with it. Here we go. Uh, this is from the first interaction Charlie and Johnny Boy have in this film. Uh, Charlie, Harvey Keitel, takes De Niro in the back room uh, to confront him about the money that he owes Michael. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, Johnny Boy kind of gives him the runaround a little bit. And then once he tells, once Charlie reveals that Michael's there and would like to talk to him, he, Johnny Boy fesses up and says, Oh, yeah, no, you know what? I remember I didn't, mm-hmm. I don't think I did pay nope. last week. So here's him explaining it, talking about Tuesdays. You see? Yeah, so what do I care? Right, let me go get him. We'll straighten this thing out, all right? Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, Charlie. What? Well, you're right. I'm right. Yeah, was it last Tuesday? Yeah, that's the Tuesday. That was last week. That's before the one that's about to come up. My mistake. I'm sorry. Forgive me. It was last week, the week before that I was thinking of, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was, huh? That's right. Oh, that classic Rolling Stones song in the background. Uh, a Scorsese trademark. But go ahead, Duncan. All right, here we go. Harvey Keitel. Yeah, that's the Tuesday. That was the last week. That's before the one that's about to come up. Okay? <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Not so bad. There was zero New York accent in there. <laughs> but it was what it was. It was what it was. It was a little bit of a New York accent in there. <laughs> Uh, I did want to just mention uh, Richard uh, Romanus is the guy who plays Michael. Oh, yeah. Mm. And uh, one of my favorite parts of this movie, actually. Have you seen him in anything else? I feel like, I, I feel like I've seen him in other stuff, but maybe he's just... He so does look very familiar. Yeah, he looks very familiar, yeah. Uh, no, he's in... He, well, he's in some other stuff. He's in The Sopranos. Oh, um, oh that's right. He plays Lorraine Bracco's husband, I think. Or ex-husband. NYPD Blue, mm. Diagnosis Murder, Brad, oh, and all your favorites. Dick Van Dyke. There we go. He's Rockford a... Files, Chicago Hope, Cops and Robertsons. Ah, oh, great movie. Chevy <laughs> okay. Chase, Jack Palance. Right. Jake and the Jeff Fat Park. Man. Not as big of a fan. No, that one's not a big <laughs> one. Never watched an episode of Jake. Oh, uh, Mission Impossible show. Uh, oh, show. Sure. Not movie. Cagney and Lacey, Hill Street Blues. I oh, see, he's at the MacGyver. <laughs> A-Team. Lots of TV. stuff. Stir crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he worked. He worked. Oh yeah. yeah, no, no doubt about that. Yeah, dude worked. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's first impressions. That was fun. And a little bit extra. I really enjoyed that. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. And I never would have done an impression from this movie, but there we go. It, well, here we yeah. are. High on film, affording opportunity, all kinds yeah. of opportunities. <laughs> yeah. To Americans it's, across this great land. Thank you yeah. for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Yep. <laughs> yes. Maxwell Davis ticket 2020. <laughs> uh, I'll be vice president. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Hey, you can be president. We could do a, t- uh, a twin cost for it. Like Each they year. do in uh, My Fellow Americans. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, my God. That's totally right. We'll just switch every year. Uh, okay. Of the term. Uh, of the term? Yeah. You think the American people will go for that? We're presidents. Why not? It's true. Let's do it. All right, guys. Put the scorecards aside. It's time for a more open-form discussion about Mean Streets. Let's dig into it in a segment we like to call Scene Work. Of course, we're an optimistic podcast, so we start things off optimistically, which means... Best scene. What's the best scene in Mean Streets? Oh... Okay. That's a good question. Yeah, that is a good question. There's so many damn scenes. It's like so many that scenes. Scene, it's, it's a whole scene-based movie. You know, it's not really any plot. It's just little stories connected. Wait, there's so many good ones, and like so many like 
big ones, but I, I still think the scene that hit, like, that I was, I enjoyed the most is probably the scene from the, is probably Johnny Boy and Charlie in the back room. Mm-hmm. Oh, the one who just did the impression. Yeah, I fucking love that scene. Yeah. Especially kind of, it's so long. It's two guys yeah. standing in a back room talking. And it starts off with him telling about the Michael thing and, you know, him saying, oh, I paid him. No, you didn't pay him. The Tuesday thing, blah, blah, blah. And then you, then you switch into this whole convoluted story that, uh, that, uh, De Niro's telling Harvey Keitel about this poker game and how he lost the money. And it's just, De Niro's so, he's just like all over the place. Like it's so, uh, accurate or so authentic of somebody like coming up with this bullshit story. Absolutely. It's it's perfect, and you just have Kaitel standing there staring at him. I mean, that yeah. scene must be, I don't know, a six-minute scene or something. Like, it is long. Yeah. And it's just two guys under one light. And I don't, the simplicity of it, it's, like, funny. And two guys, one light. <laughs> <laughs> funny indeed. Yeah, yeah. And it's the first scene you're getting, uh, one of the first times in the movie you're getting... Kaitel and De Niro together, yeah. where it's hi- really highlighted just the two of them. It almost felt yeah. like <clears throat> Scorsese was like, I know these two are going to be huge. Mm-hmm. I just got to put them in a scene together and keep them there for a while. Yeah. That's what it felt like. And it's, especially De Niro, I mean, it's oh, yeah. borderline tour de force of just this manic liar. Yeah, and a perfect way to set up his character yeah. and his reputation around town so you know that he is... Not going to pay this money back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He is an unreliable person. Oh, he's a yeah. habitual liar. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're right. I mean, to get back off that, I mean, a great way to set up the, the relationship between those two that we mm-hmm. see the rest yes. of the, I mean, like yes. I said, those Very two important to this are the Because Charlie like, gets jokey with him a little bit. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's the whole movie. No matter how serious he gets, charmed right out well, of it. And you never yeah. understand why he's defending him. You know what it actually yeah, reminds yeah, exactly. me a lot of? And I assume that this was. No, they've known each other for years. That's why. They're like old friends. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, like, you you understand more from the scene why Harvey Keitel defends him. Oh, like, gotcha, he always stays gotcha. on his oh, side, oh, even I when shit's going saying. down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it reminds me a lot of uh, Rounders. Yes. Oh. Damon with Edward Good Norton. Comparison. yeah. I, I think, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Rounders kind of oh. took this, to kind of, uh, they kind of used this relationship to kind of yeah. tailor to that film, because it is... Very, yeah. very similar. Another Matt Damon film. Wait, it's a Matt Damon podcast. Does it, it pop up in every podcast you guys have? He does not. Not, not this much, no. But he's a huge Matt Damon fan. We do have weird, of course, I, I agree. weird threads that do develop through shows sometimes. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. It's weird on Matt this Damon. This week it's Matt Damon. He was like back barely born yet when yeah. this movie was made. Have you guys done Rounders? Yes. Yeah, we did. Early on. Good. Good. Yeah, Clark. Clark Kohler's first movie. No shit. Podcast. Yeah, oh, yeah you know Clark Kohler. Oh, hell yeah. Played basketball with him this year. There you go. Oh yeah, yeah I played basketball with him too. Nah, he can ball. He's good. What's the best scene in the movie? <laughs> wait, wait, what happened? You don't want to talk about our, our pickup basketball games with Cl- with a guy who's not even here? That's weird. Okay, Maybe later. Let's talk about the movie then. I guess. Jeez. Clark has had plenty of airtime on high. <laughs> yes, very true. indeed. <laughs> All right. Am I up? Uh, whoever wants to. I mean, do you have something? Do you, do you have uh, a best you know, scene selected? Well, okay, so that mine's scene, different. I love that scene, but mine is different. Mine is similar. All right, and it's not at the beginning. It's at the. It's closer to the end, and it's after the, uh, the 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 scene. We also did a 
the quote from uh, when when De Niro puts the gun in Michael's face. Oh yeah, oh, it's yeah. after that. Oh, sort of outside, and it's it's a very small scene. It's very small, but I, I was watching. I was like, this one just kind of encapsulates like like the first scene, the whole vibe between these two guys and it's when it's right after that when it was very serious you know the gun was in the face everyone was getting mad at Johnny Boy and they're outside getting in the car and De Niro is just dancing like it's nothing and I think that's the whole thing for him is that that's how fucking nuts this guy is is that he can tell this guy to go fuck off put the gun in his face everybody is yelling at him and then two minutes later he's like you know whatever well and I'll tell you what it's yeah no thought of consequence well and it's perfect too because you literally have Kite, uh, Charlie, Harvey Keitel's character, yeah. behind the wheel of a car, trying to move forward, and this guy's constantly holding him back. Oh, that's perfect. And, yeah. like, it, it, that is actually, does encapsulate their yeah. relationship perfectly. Like, this guy's always dicking around, and when he's trying to move forward, yep. trying to move on to yeah. to better things, this is the one thing that's always holding him back. Yeah. yeah. That's almost a, per- that's a perfect <clears throat> metaphor, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, that might be the best scene. I mean, from them arriving at the bar yeah, yeah. to confront Michael finally an hour and a half late and then through the yeah. quick climax of the, the car chase slash is the drive-by? Driving? Shooting? Shooting? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's pretty awesome. But yeah. I, I think my favorite might actually be the pool hall. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. That was probably second on my list. Yeah, absolutely. With Joe. I mean, the way things escalate there and the way that Johnny Boy escalates things there yeah. is For very... Yeah, is is great. The fight is awesomely shot. Yeah. Including, like, following... Who is it? Tony? Tony? And, and getting his ass kicked yeah. around the entire perimeter of the room yeah. is fucking a sight to be seen. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you, I love the... The resolution of just paying off the cops, <laughs> yeah. the cops being upset for this tiny little penknife, <laughs> and then the, hey, 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 and then he punches him again! Yeah. Like, and then, punches. We're just gonna have a shot, let's yeah. forget about it, we're yeah, just gonna yeah. have a shot! Uh, it, it's, it was just so great, I mean, it's everything I love about Scorsese is that, that you know, the, the violence, the threat of violence, the execution of violence, yeah. then a little, maybe a little bit of humor, and like just not letting up... Um, I, I just think it's awesomely shot and terrifically staged and, uh, and expertly edited. So, that's it Yeah, and actually, I did want to mention one other thing, especially with the camera movement. The scene when Johnny, when De Niro comes back, like when they're when they're running late to go meet with Michael, De Niro comes back and like finds Harvey Keitel with Teresa. And kind of the camera movements around the apartment mm-hmm. before mm. she has like the epileptic yeah, attack. seizure. Yeah, yeah like because there's like a kind of an overshot of the three of them together, and like we're there, you're kind yeah, of falling around them the, fighting in the hallway. Yeah, like yeah. you kind of have a, a a downward tilt angle of them like kind of fighting throughout the apartment and slowly moving around. Like the the camera movement in this movie, yeah, is. Like Kaitel when he's dancing at the beginning. Yeah. Kaitel when he's drunk. Like yeah, yeah. Love, this is yeah. This is vintage Scorsese. I mean, and that's usually the like a handheld camera is usually a trope of, um, like amateurly made films or or uh, uh, like college films. Just you know, it's just easier to put it on a guy's shoulder and just start shooting around and just you know run all over the place. And maybe that's the reason they didn't have it on you know sticks or whatever a lot in this movie. But I mean, I think it works. You know, it really does work with sort of the, the intensity of the film, you know? I mean, it's always, you know, like you said, it's always moving around. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it really, yeah, it kind of puts you in, 
in it, you know, really, really in the scene. Um, the handheld always anchors you in reality because yeah. you see those imperfections in the filmmaking and you're like, oh, this is yeah. real. This is being shot right now. Like, I mean, it, now it's even more accepted with our video culture and mm. such. With everybody filming on their phones and, I mean, that's, handheld is essential to the videos we watch today. Well, yeah, I mean, you can film movies at this point on your phone. Right. Yeah. And there have been. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, but so it anchors it further in reality. Right. Oh, exactly. Oh, that's my point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But no, he's great. He's awesome. I'm like constantly moving camera all the time, whether it is on, you know, uh, a dolly or or, uh, a steady cam. But uh, yeah, it it looks great. Yeah. Sign of things to come, right? Goodfellas, wink, wink. There you go. Oh yeah, dude, dude. Seriously, yeah, I, I, we, we talked about this about earlier. Yeah, yeah. There's so many. Like yeah. uh, the the one that really made me think of it was actually Charlie going into the club for the first time, and we follow him around the club. Oh, and he's dancing, and he's, he's dance. dancing. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's what and it's saying. like it looks like a dry run for the Copacabana shot in Goodfellas. Yeah. Like it's hilarious. Like, yeah. But, hey, oh, there man. you go. Just the style is there. Went yeah. and perfected it. Yeah. Well, guys, if there's a best scene, it must mean Indeed. there is a. Worst scene. Oh man, what is it? Um, I have a couple. Okay, well, I have a couple scenes. Um, I mean the first. Well, okay, the first scene with Teresa. (laughs) Take your time. Yeah, sorry, I'm trying to like actually debate like which one of these are I really want to talk about. Sorry. Mm. Um, the first scene with Teresa where she's just like they're in bed together and she's walking around nude and then they like have that quick cut to him firing the like doing the fake gunshot at mm-hmm, her mm-hmm. with the real gunshot sound effect. sound effect yeah and then you just cut back to something else it's just kind of tossed in i know that that's kind of in keeping with things scorsese does later like he kind of throws in those quick things sometimes Jump cuts yeah yeah but it just struck me as unnecessary mm. and i thought maybe we would get I mean, is that, like, foreshadowing what's going to happen to them? But, like, she doesn't even really get shot, I don't think. Yeah, no. Oh, well, okay. Do you think that Charlie loves Teresa? Yes. Okay. So it's not necessarily, like, a murder fantasy or anything here? Or uh, I don't think so. I mean, it seems pretty obvious, topic, like, yeah. the scene when they're... I'm, I'm just trying to prod her at... And I would argue the scene whenever he's telling her, like, I can't see you anymore... Yeah. And then she's like, well, do you actually want that? He's like, no, but we just, like, need to, like, let's go away. Like, I, I want to, but let's just, we need to chill out for a little bit until that can happen type conversation. I think there is where, because I think you're kind of wondering all along if he does, mm-hmm. and he never kind of commits, you kind of assume he does the way he acts around her, mm-hmm. but I don't think you truly know until he's in that moment of desperation where he could very, you see it in, like, movies all the time where they're like, uh, you know, tell uh, like well, Goodwill Hunting is a bad example, but like, tell me you love another Matt Damon movie. I know it came into my mind because he's like, t- well, I, I brought it up because she's like, if you tell me you don't love me, I'll walk away. And he's like, oh, right, I don't right. love you, even though he loves he her. He loves her, yeah. And yeah. in this scene, like, it's kind of the same opportunity. Like, you know, he could just be like, I don't love you. Get away from me. It's better because it's better for us if we're not together. And in that mm-hmm. moment, he doesn't do that. He's yeah. like, I do want us to be together. So I feel like. That does cement that there. He loves her. Hmm. Um, but yeah, the other scene I guess I wanted to mention is the lion scene. 
Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Sure. I thought that was going to come back. Uh, like, I'm Tony watching Tony Aaron's Lions? Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, maybe this comes back at some point. Like, I mean, I've seen this movie yeah. before, and I, like, d didn't remember Lions being in it at all. Honestly, yeah. I didn't remember much of this movie at all. But that's a weird scene. Yeah. I mean, is it supposed yeah. to show how they're, like, kind of... I don't even know what's supposed to... Like, no that way. they're kind of... Wimp that they're, like, not as strong as they always act... Mm, what you mean, like the lions being cubs and kind of still being a little docile, well, like no, being no, no, a no, metaphor? No. Or I, I think that's more a metaphor for like caged animals. Okay, but I think the it's danger more, of these animals. Yeah, I, but I think my question is more like the fact that other than Tony, everybody else runs and like hides when the lion when the lion cage is open and. It just kind of shows that they're not really as tough as they make themselves out to be. Yeah, and it is interesting that in the end, Tony's not really involved in the falling action. Yeah, I, 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 well, I, I'm see, not really sure. Yeah, they're I'm involved in so much it. stuff. I mean, there's so many little mentions of like when they talk about the right in the beginning with the converters or the lenses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they turn out to be Japanese instead of. The parts they needed. Well, they're like, con yeah, they're converters and not actual lenses. Right, right, right. exactly. Um, so clearly they have, you know, their hands in many pies. And I think maybe that this is maybe one step too far in that direction. Oh, uh, you're thinking maybe it's just that simple. Like, oh, wait, look how many things we have going yeah, on. Yeah, potentially actually anchored in something that Scorsese saw or heard when he was a kid. Yeah. Because this is so based on his neighborhood and right like yeah experiences i feel like that it, it would be more like rooted in and just who these guys are like i'm gonna get a fucking lion or tiger or whatever it is i mean it could be as symbolic as that but or is it more I like the know. thing of like having like you know almost like the way people are with cars today like uh i had the money yeah. so i'm just gonna buy nice things and yeah like the nice thing is like yeah. having a your pet, pet lion and Maybe. it's so random yeah it's, like it's so it, random it, but it, like like the gun thing. I mean, it's just like it's, it might have been just something to do, just to do it. I think a lot of times that happens in the movie where it just seems like, let's put that this in here because, well, like I showing mean, like power and scope as well, yeah. like of, of power. Yeah, uh, I mean, it look, seems this like guy it could can happen. Procure lions. Yeah. Illegally, but you know, it seems like it could happen though. I mean, I I believe it. Yeah. In, in the sense of the story, like I believe that these guys are crazy enough to do something like that. Yeah, I, I guess maybe that's where it lost me a little bit. Like, it seems a little far-fetched yeah. to me that these, like, guys in New York who don't have that much money. I mean, yeah, they have money, but definitely not that much money are, like, bringing in caged lions. I, I, the whole yeah. thing is just kind of yeah. odd. Okay. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good one. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, no <laughs> but, yeah, those are the two main ones. What are yeah. you thinking, Duncan? Um, I, I did have the similar thoughts. There was the one... At the once we first meet Teresa, it's very very quick. Um, it's when they're walking out after their time in the in the apartment. They're walking out. They're walking in the elevator, and then Teresa has that interaction with the with the maid. Oh and yeah. And I've never liked that because there's like we don't understand why she's pissed off at her. Like she said, you can clean it now. And then ladies, I only have two hands. She's like, whatever, whatever. Like I hate that shit. Like yeah. what Use shit do you hate? Like. Yeah, I mean, I think it's supposed to show racism. I, I, it has I mean, to the be. the for anybody clearly like, show so, yes yeah. Italian Americans being racist. Yeah, yeah. But there, but there. I mean, if that's Everybody if else. that was Scorsese's intent, there's a scene later on 
when David Proval, the guy who plays right Tony, the guy, the, the mm-hmm. bar owner, who you know he really goes on a racist rant, you know, saying the N word and other stuff. I mean, that sufficed, I think. But I mean, the thing with Teresa and the the the, the cleaning lady, I was like, I. Well, is, do I, I mean not supposed I to mean, like Teresa? Like I don't like. Yeah, I don't get it. maybe a little bit. Is it also maybe supposed to show, um, maybe a little more about uh, Charlie because Charlie kind of says like, "Why are you doing that?" And yeah, says, correct. Like, I'm sir. sorry and kind of apologizes for her. So yeah. it's supposed to be more about him and maybe like his uh, attraction to the dancer, um, like Diane. Diane yeah. uh, is it like it's something coming to play there. But yeah, it's. I mean, the racism in this movie... Yeah, I, I like that Diane theory, that because she's black and he knows that he can't date her, that he's a little more sympathetic, and that's shows in his problem when she does, when Teresa does it, rather than maybe when Johnny Boy or any of the other guys right. say something bigoted or racist. Well, it's also, I don't think, in front of... Oh, the actual person. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which doesn't excuse it, obviously, but right. I mean, you don't, you, you don't. There's no one there to apologize to. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all right. Um, yeah, for me, it's yeah. There's a few little like you know early things in here, like a couple of out of focus shots or uh, sloppy <laughs> cut here and there. But honestly, the thing that it's probably the the lion scene is what I'm going with. Yeah. But the thing that really bothered me the most is sitting three to a front bench seat in a car. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like that thing, like, some people are bothered when, like, actors don't have any weight in their cups uh-huh. and just throw it around. You can tell there's no yeah, liquid in a cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, it's it's sitting three in a front bench seat of a car. My first car had a bench seat. Yeah. I think we rode three to the front seat once out of a, just as a joke. Yeah. So it was like, oh, we're all sitting in the front, yeah. ha, ha, ha. But never again, if we traveled to three, did some did we all sit in the front. Yeah. And it is just to, such yeah. a convenience, convenient tool for filmmaking. Well, and, um, uh, yeah. And I mean, it I've, drives me nuts. Yeah, that's like, uh, God, like, I've definitely seen it in TV shows before in particular. Oh, that 70s show, Seinfeld, they yeah, do it all Fred, the time. Or, well, or, yeah, that 70s show, definitely. Like, or like mm. Friends or something like there's a lot of shots too where they're like on a couch. Cars and friends. Oh. No, no, no. We're like uh, on a couch, and it's like mm. you have the whole couch, and these two characters are literally like right next to one another, yeah. like yeah. on top of one another. Yeah, your spatial relationships are off. It's bro. just like, well, okay, <laughs> yeah. nobody in the world sits. I mean, unless you're like a couple, right, right. Nobody in the world who are just like two buddies hanging out sit like that close to one another when there is a full couch there. Yeah, it just doesn't happen. I will say that I've that you two have enlightened me to this. I've never thought about it. But I guess I haven't watched Seinfeld or Friends. I mean, I've, I've seen plenty of episodes, but I've never like really, yeah, noticed. Oh, I've it watched enough, them all so many times. After I mean, a while, it's I just a, have to find new things. But, to, but it makes sense. To look it's at. just a small yeah, screen yeah. trick that does kind of bother me. Yeah, but I mean, but if you think about, it, I mean, well, they it maybe makes could have afforded to do it like another shot and put her in the back or somebody in the back seat. Right, right. But. I mean, it Maybe saves time have, to do one you know. to one like yeah, wide it saves shot. Time. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. saves but, time, saves all yeah. kinds of stuff. Money, money, yeah, yeah. yeah. But time is money. In, yeah, in film, yeah. they probably could have done that same shot with something. Well, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. the lighting gets tough with the, the lighting, does, yeah. roof of the car. Shooting but, in yeah, a car yeah. is always a nightmare. It's yeah. just uh, something that always is like, oh, hmm. yeah, that's not real. You guys don't sit like this. I don't know. Unless there's three in the back, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's more understandable. Yeah. 
Alright guys. It's time for Milking It, the final game of the podcast. We're each going to draw a card from the big box of Hollywood ideas, of prequels, sequels, reboots, and genres. On said card will give you a new way to uh, repurpose the characters, the themes, the plot from Mean Streets, reuse, salvage, whatever you'd like, uh, and create a brand new movie. We'll need a title and a quick summary from each one of us um, that we'll put back out there to make a billion more dollars for the uh, Hollywood system. They need it. Fantastic. They need it. Lord knows they need it. Uh, yeah. uh, it's Brad's turn to go first, I, I believe. believe. Go yeah. ahead, Brad. I oh, yeah, because you opted for third for the first game. I so. did. Prequeling it up. Oh, the prequel to Mean yeah. Streets. Okay. <laughs> Strap in. And I'll draw one. Techno thriller. Yeah, oh. oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> A movie completely devoid of technology. <laughs> I now have to make an integral part of the plot. That's a good setup. <laughs> and Duncan. Oh, yeah, here we go. A courtroom drama. Oh, oh a courtroom drama. And with that, we're going to take a break and uh, gather our thoughts. We'll be right back with three brand new movies for your listening enjoyment right after this. And we're back right in the middle of milking it for Mean Streets from Martin Scorsese, his breakout film. Brad, you're giving us the prequel. I am. Start us off, appropriately enough. Okay, so we got uh, we got Charlie, Johnny Boy, and Teresa, and they're about age 16, and they're all in school. Uh, and Charlie and Johnny Boy have... Uh, been showing up to school less and less, and Charlie's actually started doing little odd jobs for his uncle, who's involved kind of in the, you know, is involved in gangs. Um, so Charlie starts doing these little odd jobs just to make a little extra money on the side, and uh, Johnny Boy wants to get in on the action. So he starts, like, trying to show up places where he is, following him around, to, like, see where he's going, to do these little things, and uh, obviously getting on Charlie's nerves. Um, Teresa is close with Charlie at this point. They're like arguably best friends. Like they, they're friends first. And that's kind of how Johnny boy attaches onto Charlie. And Teresa's kind of the one saying all along, like she's still in school and say like, you don't need to be doing these things. Don't get involved with your uncle. I know his reputation. Um, he has, he has a reputation, like, you know, he's, he's good for the community, but he has a reputation of doing bad things. And I don't want you to get involved in that. And Johnny boy is kind of more than one pushing him to doing more of these things for more money and more opportunities. Um, and kind of in the middle of Charlie and Teresa on the verge of like a romantic moment, Johnny boy interrupts. He has, uh, ripped off a drug dealer basically who's now looking for him. And uh, he needs Charlie's help. Does he have money? He just needs backup so this guy doesn't, you know, beat him half to death. So they end up going out to meet with these guys, and a fight breaks out, and Charlie ends up beating this drug dealer, like, almost to death. Like, Charlie kind of has this rage blackout moment and beats this guy. And the guy's a drug dealer, so he doesn't call the police. He just kind of, like, deals with the... 
you, Charlie's never prosecuted or anything like that. And um, now they're like kind of stuck together. They both kind of have this secret and they both kind of know this thing. So Charlie's kind of got Johnny Boy's back because of it. Johnny Boy claims he has Charlie's back because he protected him there. And he's kind of also then lost the kind of romantic interest with Teresa, which we'll obviously brew again later. But because he kind of left Teresa in this moment to help Johnny Boy. And after Teresa knowing what he's done, they come back and he's covered in blood and all this. She kind of removes herself from the situation. Uh, and that's pretty much it. And the movie is called Mean Streaks. Mean Streaks. <laughs> yes. I like it. Yes. All right. I'm down with that. Yeah. Nice job, <laughs> Brad. Are you ready for this techno thriller? I can't wait for this techno thriller. All right. So, um, Charlie is on vacation, and he is visiting a theme park of old-timey New York uh, mobster neighborhood, where everyday interactions are carried out by Turing-tested robots. Um, he falls in love with one of them. Only she happens to be programmed to be tied to, you know, a cousin who is a robot who has gained some sort of sentience and understands that now he, that there's just another world out there. Um, so he's giving this whole system problems, uh, including the guys who run the world. Um, and uh, Charlie kind of starts struggling with his own reality because he's, you know, these robots are so real. And uh, in the end, helping um, Johnny Boy and Teresa robots escape, uh, they end up getting horribly hurt um, by the, the runner, the, the owners and, and uh, technicians of the park. Oh, jeez. Yes. In uh, what is called Mafia Land. <laughs> which has no ties to both Copland, which stars Robert De Niro and yes. Harvey Keitel. True. And Westworld, yep. which the movie came out in 1973. Oh, very nice. Nice little fun facts there. There it is. It's a fun movie, too. Mafia Land. Duncan, right. what have you got for us? The courtroom drama. All right, so <clears throat> I'm just going to read what I wrote down. Sure, I, that's, that sounds like a great plan. Word for word. All right. So, Charlie gets implicated when someone names him as an accessory to the murder in the bar. Things get interesting when his mafioso uncle... His pseudo girlfriend Teresa and psycho friend Johnny, uh, Johnny Boy, must take the stand to testify on his behalf. Ooh. And since I did not prepare a title, uh, I'm gonna be completely unoriginal and use the title that Scorsese wanted beforehand: ah. "Season of the Witch." I like this. Yes, that's all I got. We got more <laughs> there with like witch trials and such. I mean, yes, if you want to imply anything like that. Oh yeah, witch trials. Yeah, sure. season of the witch trials. No, no, no I like much. I like the season of the witch yeah, title. Of the witch, yeah, 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 yeah. The original, nice. And Kaitel does mention it though briefly. He does. Yeah, yeah the, the actually, bar that he would want. You yeah. know what? I missed it, and I read afterwards online that like that was the original title. And then yeah. we had, when we were recording the lines, we actually happened to mm -hmm. scrub past the moment where he says it. Yeah, yeah. It's like the bar is so yeah, dead, yeah, yeah. or it's gotten so yeah. shitty. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah. I forget why they they, they use Mean Streets, but. Um, but it works. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, it works way better. Season of the yeah. Witch no. is kind of misleading. Yeah. I would think if that was the title of this movie, I feel like that would be very misleading. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is. Season of the Witch sounds like a autumnal horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, as you finish scoring uh everybody on Milking It, um 
it's time to move into our pessimistic end of the show. Podcast regrets. Where we uh, discuss what we regret saying or regret not saying. Something that uh, maybe didn't come up that we should have talked about. I mean, I, I know exactly what mine is. Is that we have yet to mention that Joe Cupcake <laughs> was an assistant to the producer on this film. Yes. I, I'm not... I don't Joey remember his Cups. exact... Joey Cups. I don't remember his exact <laughs> title on this film. But there's definitely a crewman named... Joe Cupcake. Yeah, he was the assistant to the producer. As, as the producer. Or one of the producers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Joey Cupcake. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, what a guy to work on in Mean Streets. Huh? Yeah. He was there for legitimacy. The, <laughs> yeah. the Cupcake. Yeah, Scorsese says he wasn't enough. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess regrets. I mean, two things I'll mention is the uh, bathroom shooting. Um, mm, I think it's interesting. I think it's the Carrying Brothers, yeah. actually. Uh, I, I feel like that that was high on my list as far as best scenes go. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, especially like the the popping the hair out, the shooting, then it like goes into the bar. Yeah, and the cool. I, I think a really really cool shot is once whichever Carrying is David. I think David Carrying yeah, is yeah. the one who gets shot. Who like finally like collapses like dead outside, and then you just they're like shut shut the lights out, and just like the lights go out, and you just see him dead on the ground. Yeah, it's yeah. a fucking cool shot. It really, yeah, I agree. That they, they shot just, is no one takes care of him, and just like everybody yep, runs away. Bail, yep. yep, just bail. And I, I thought that shot was so don't cool. run, don't run. Yeah, yeah, well, don't run. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, we have just because we haven't mentioned it yet, and I mean, it's kind of or I don't think we've mentioned it yet, and it's kind of another Scorsese trait, but the soundtrack oh, yeah. is oh, yeah. great. Yeah. I mean... Rock the, and roll and Italian operettas? Or, yeah, well, or I like Latin what is it, hymns, be my, I'm not sure what it is. Well, I like Be My Little Baby to like, it's kind of the opening credits. Yep. Really um, I really like that. And Paired with Jumping Jack movies. Flash, whenever yeah. De Niro's walking to the bar, you're like, you're kind of true intro to De Niro. Yeah. We um, didn't use Gimme Shelter this time. I know. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's said before he'll only use it in five of his movies. Uh, I'm exaggerating. Uh, and then... Um, trash and, the, and the bar fight too, Mr. Postman, using that song. Mm, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure if these are actually the titles of the song. That one he uses in, in Goodfellas. Uh, yeah. Mr. Postman? Yeah. Wait, 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 hey, wait, no, no. Who's that bad boy? Oh, never mind. I, I think it's a different Not song. the same... Different one. I mean, I felt like what, especially because that's in the bar fight scene, and I felt like I'd seen him use that one before, but yeah. And then it's in his kiss whenever, like, Kaitel is like calling her over to go down and basically like break up with her. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the and amongst other very Scorsese esque music choices, but I felt like it needed to be mentioned. Yeah. I like it absolutely. I get a, a yeah. any regrets, Duncan. Regrets? Well, on the similar tone that there are certain things that uh, I guess we didn't discuss, uh, also in the sense of Scorsese-isms that are have repeated, like, uh, I, don't, I don't think we talked about the, I think, probably the most famous line from the thing is the, the MOOC, what's a MOOC uh, discussion, yeah. you know, yes. which I, I fucking, I, I love, I think it's hilarious, like, because this guy's a MOOC. You can't call me a mook. What's a mook? You know, and then even De Niro's like, "What's a mook?" Like, yeah, yeah. like they're actually like wondering, "What's what's a mook?" They repeat it so many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, and then you know, that starts the whole fight. Um, and then there's also the the another line which I actually just realized that 
uh, with the girl sitting at the bar, and and Kaitel's like, "Who's that girl?" And, and he's like, "Oh, you know, she's Jewish, you know." And it goes into the whole thing about her being Jewish, which reflects there's a scene in Goodfellas when uh, when Joy, Joe Pesci is like uh, a Jew broad who doesn't go out with Italians, or you know, if oh yeah, says, yeah, something like yeah. that. And I was just mm-hmm. like, there's there's always this conflict between uh, you know, yeah, religion and, and ethnicity and, and where you're from and, and all that. Well, yeah, it um, portrays. I mean, a little being a little anti-Semitic. I mean, because in the yeah, scene yeah. too, because in that scene too, like it, that was also a scene I had. Uh, whenever uh, Harvey Keitel playing Charlie is like goes over to the girl at one point, and, like him and like the guy who was like hitting on her before, like yeah. fighting over, her, he's like, "Take her away from me." Yeah, I was like, "Ooh, this is awful." Yeah, yeah. it's like she, yeah, she's clearly objectified almost immediately. Uh, well, and it's kind okay. of the first time in the movie that I actually feel like Harvey Keitel is portrayed in a bad light mm-hmm. i mean he's kind of a gangster and he mm-hmm. does some gangster things but like this is the first time where he's like literally holding a woman and it's like she's mine and the guy's like no no no, she's mine he's like well then take her away from me and he's like physically grabbing her yeah. like, it, it, it was actually a little unsettling as much as there's other racist and right but those are there to make a point i think and they are yeah. they are but i'm just saying it doesn't change the fact that it made me very uncomfortable yeah yeah well, guys, I, I do want to mention uh, Brad. Please, Mr. Postman, by the ah, Marvelettes is the song you're thinking yeah, of, Postman. and uh, it's in his kiss, uncredited on a soundtrack. Really? Yeah. Are, are we sure it's on a different title? Maybe it's I in his kiss. A, no, yeah, that's that's, that's the, the title. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Just making um, sure I'm not. Yeah, sometimes they're uncredited on the soundtrack, like uh, sitting on Dock of the Bay, not on the original Top Gun soundtrack. Oh, it's one of my favorite. Even though it's time. You know, pretty Don't prevalent in the movie. Yeah, I wonder why. It's on the uh, reissue, huh. where the but they eliminate a couple songs. So sometimes they don't put it on the soundtrack. Yeah, who knows? Uh, what I do know is that uh, we had a fairly tight game today, Brad. Not for you. Third place, <laughs> fourteen point five points. But uh, shake and stick to rapping. There you go. Duncan and I had quite a barn burner going. Um, okay. I ended up with fifteen point eight points. Ah. To your 16.05 oh, points. Wow. wow. Cheers, boys. Jeez. Two here, point, here. 2.05 or point point two two five. Five. Neck and neck. That's neck, and neck. Ah, barn burner. Hey, here, here. Yeah. Hey, cheers all around. Cheers. Hey. Yeah. Duncan. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on the show, man. <laughs> Thank Congratulations. you very much. Oh, it was good fun. Uh, good win and a pleasure to have you, sir. <laughs> yes. I'm glad. Yeah. Good flick to talk about, too. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of discussion, yeah. Yeah, it was nice to get a little bit of a break from the week. Yeah. Well, I've always loved talking movies with you. I'm so glad you could make it on the show here today. Yeah, uh, do you have anything to plug? Any uh, social media things you, you want people to know about? Go to your local cinema. Oh. That might be all I have to say. Local cinema. I like Go that. Go to your cinema. No matter what it is, there's plenty in Los Angeles or anywhere else in this country. You got, you got some favorites here in LA? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I could go on forever, but uh, well, the new Beverly's my favorite. You know, you it's get a great, double feature, uh, thirty-five millimeter, eight bucks. Very cheap food. Mm-hmm. Great atmosphere. Um, there's Cine Family off of Fairfax. Really very cool, low key vibe. Very reputable theater. New Art, also a good one. I've not been to the Arrow. Oh, in Santa Monica, you yeah, should. I it's really great. want to go to the Arrow. Um, but the one that I think isn't my favorite, but it's it's definitely might be the best is the Egyptian. I think the Egyptian. Oh yeah, is one of the fucking coolest cinemas I've ever been in. I think it's. Uh, I got to see the awesome. interview premiere there with oh, yeah. uh, Seth Rogen. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. They on, a lot of good on, stuff on Christmas. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you went there on Christmas. I did. Oh, very nice. I did. That was, that was my birthday movie yeah. that year. Christmas birthday is on Wait. Christmas. Oh, no shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, I guess so. It's yeah. fine. Well, I mean, hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> He's dealt with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess more so you go to the movies on your birthday. I guess that's what I do. I, I, I try to, I try to take <laughs> a movie on my, on my birthday. That's that's my little yes, present to myself. That's good. I agree. Because yeah, it's I so agree. unlike what I do every other day of the year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you must never watch movies otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's it for us, guys. Uh, Brad, thank you so much. Uh, your hard work is... Paying off in spades. Uh, oh, <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know. What that I was is. like, are you being sarcastic? I, I don't. <laughs> I'm not. I just decided to go into a compliment, kind of haphazardly. Oh, thanks. Um, but it uh, it's it's doesn't make it any less true. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll say this. It's uh, in a week like this. It's it's actually nice to have a distraction. It is. And it's always yeah. a pleasure to be sitting at this table with you. We're doing something fun. Great to sit down and joke about movies. Yeah, and actually time. laugh and smile a little bit. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you got anything to plug? <laughs> uh, Twitter at BD always GP, same on Instagram, and just you know, uh, I'm gonna plug. You know what I'm gonna plug is the 2018 elections, yeah. midterm elections. It's early, but gut for God's sakes, let's get a little bit of our sanity back yeah. and a little bit of our power back. We'll do a whole run of shows up to those. Yeah, sure. We yeah. will, but I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting this on. I'm getting this on on the table early, but um, you know, thank you everybody. I, I I don't know what else to say, but thank you everybody for supporting us always. And for some reason this week it feels the the love feels more necessary than ever. Yeah, it's oh, very nice, Brad. Indeed. Uh, seems weird to plug my own thing now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Sorry. Cross Maxwell across social media platforms. That's Chris with an O instead of an I. Uh, at High on Film is the show. Wherever you want to look for us, um, but try maybe on iTunes where you can also leave some stars or and or review which always helps with our exposure. So thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week with our season penultimate episode. That's true. Penul- penultimate season episode? Yes. What order do those words go? Penultimate episode. Yeah. Of, of the, the season. season. There it is. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, I mean, if it's anything like Game of Thrones, I love writing. Good job. we're going to kill a lot of people. That's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> we very well may. Uh, we will see you then, guys. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>